Not Just Football with Cam Hayward is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet, you get with Caesar's Rewards. Must be 21 or older. All right, guys, welcome to a special episode of Not Just Football with Cam Hayward. You know me, I'm Peter Pan, number 97, Cam Hayward. You know Hayden, that's Nathan Scott from One Tree Hill. It's okay. But we have a very special guest, and he's just playing himself, Mr. Larry Ogunjobi. What's up, brother? How you doing? Good. It was good. I'm finally glad to be you know, on the podcast. Finally got the invite. You always got the invite. You can keep coming back if you want. We can let you talk. That's all right. We'll see how this one goes. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Well, then let's start. What do people not know about Larry Ogunjobi? Um, I mean, I like to read a lot. I like books. Um, books like uh, The Power of Now, um, The Magic of Thinking Big, Four Agreements, Untethered Soul. Um, I think my favorite book is The Alchemist, though. I've always been a, a big reader just growing up. You know, my parents are, are in the medical field, so they kind of instilled in me, you know, scholastic stuff. You know, where my parents are immigrants. So, like, if you're not a doctor, lawyer, engineer, all that kind of stuff, that's kind of the, the road track that you take as a kid. So um, they're big on me, you know, being in the books and, and reading it. You know, I just, I found a love for it. So I'd say I like to read a lot. I like space, I like astrology. Um, Greek mythology, all kinds of stuff, really. I mean, it just depends on who you ask. Wow. So now it makes sense that TJ was a scare, was scared of you when we were playing Scrabble. Because <laughs> oh. I remember TJ always saying, like, bro, he reads books. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared of this dude. <laughs> but what I want to know is, you know, you mentioned your parents, and they've always they always had – a structure of, you know, you're an engineer or, you know, very big in the scholastics. How did they deal with you wanting to play sports? Oh, <clears throat> all right. Well, this is going to be a funny story. So I didn't really start playing football. Well, the only reason why I started playing football is because my mom took away my Xbox. <laughs> that was the only reason why I got into football. I was about 350 pounds, um, obese. <laughs> I couldn't get in a, like, I was playing Call of Duty, Gears of War, um, Madden. It was when I was playing with the Steelers on the little franchise thing. Um, but I was just gaining a lot of weight. And uh, my mom and my dad came to me one day and they're like, you know, you're killing yourself. And they took on my Xbox. So, you know, I'm probably like 15, 16. I'm throwing tantrums. I'm pissed off, mad at the world. I think my parents hate me. Um, my uh, dad goes to the park one day and he meets his coach. His name is Robert Mitchell. And uh, he tells my, my, he's talking to my dad and my dad is like, you know, I'm worried about my son and whatnot. And, you know, the coach says I can help him. So it was, it was one Saturday morning. I get a knock on the door. Um, this dude is at my front door. He's like, all right, come on, let's go. We're about to work out. I'm like, bro, who are you? He's like, no, nah, we're about to go work out. So I'm like, I'm trying to ask my mom, like, what are we doing? She's like, now nah, you're going. So I start training with him. I start working out with him. And then one day, uh, after about a month or so, we drive by the high school. And uh, he said, we're going to stop in high school real quick. I'm like, for what? He's like, uh, you're going to play football. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, the deal was you're going to help me lose weight. 
Like, because at this point I had lost a couple pounds, so I was feeling a little more confident about myself. But I was like, football was not, you know, in the cards. Like, that's not what I wanted to do. And anyway, he got a permission slip. He took it to my mom. My mom signed it. I was on the football field that Saturday. Um, walk on the field. Everybody's like, who's that? Who's that? Oh, it's just Larry. Because, um, you know, you, you know, when you're a bigger guy, you know, coaches have already probably tried to get you on the team and whatnot. So we go through the practice. We go through the sprints. Can't finish the sprints. Can't finish the workout. Um, coaches come up to me the next day. They're like, Larry, want to make sure you're still here. And like, Lee, I'm still here. But like in my head, I'm like, only because I have to be. Um, but, you know, I go through that, you know, JV season. Um, you know, obviously, it was, you know, ups and downs my first time playing. <laughs> but uh, I think that the, 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 the huge point for me was uh, the awards banquet, right? So uh, at the award banquet, I thought my best friend at the time, Trey Grimes, was going to get the award for most improved JV player. And they gave it to me. And that was like the first time in my life I felt like I earned something that I really worked for. So I asked my coach what I needed to do. You know, he said you had to get faster, you had to get stronger, and you had to perfect your technique. So every day after practice, I would go to the YMCA and I'll, you know, start off running half a mile and biking five miles, then running a whole mile, biking 10 miles. And I finally got to a point where I could run like two whole miles without stopping, bike 15 miles, and my body composition started changing. So I went from 350 the summer of my sophomore year to 247 the, the summer of my junior year. <laughs> but then my coaches was like, like, man, what are you doing? You trying to play DB? I was like, nah. <laughs> I had bulked back up to 262 for my junior year, made all conference. And then uh, my senior year, I was like 267, made all conference, East West All Star, had about five scholarship offers Charlotte, Furman, Howard, Presbyterian, Catawba. Uh, only took one official visit, that was to Charlotte. And it was like, and that's kind of that, because I think sometimes people will see you now, you know, this is my seventh year in the league, and they won't really know the background of what, you know, how you got there. They'll just think like, oh, this guy went to, he was a stud just coming out, you know, like he was like, nah, like I had to really like build this. I had to become, you know, this person. And, you know, you end up going to Charlotte, you know, our first year was all practice, all practice. Like uh, we all redshirted. So imagine, Madden, you're at Ohio State, and everybody in your class redshirts, and all y'all do is practice against each other. <laughs> so that's all we did. We practiced. I, I, when we first got there, there wasn't even a stadium. It was just a big, like, mound of dirt. And it was like we had to walk through the facility with, like, hard hats on. Like, it was really crazy because to see, you know, where it is now and what it was before is, you know, is tremendous. But, you know, you go to Charlotte. I majored in uh, computer science and biology with a double major and, you know, ended up being the first player drafted from Charlotte. So mm. first player drafted from Charlotte. And then you get to play with a guy named Alex Highsmith. My dog. Tell me what he was in college. And did you see this guy becoming what he is today? It's actually funny because our interaction in college was kind of short because when I was a senior going into my senior season, he was like a freshman freshman walk on but uh it was cool though because when I actually got into the league Alex would send me like his his clips of like pass rush like going through the bags and all that kind of stuff and he just always seemed hungry and all of a sudden you look up and he's you know all American and it's just like it's just I think a testament to just being that uh almost that self-made man you know like you walk on you earn a scholarship and you just continue to grind I think that was kind of the 
that was kind of the legacy that you know me and my and my classmates were trying to to leave you know going through that first class was like it doesn't matter you know where you start if you're good enough they'll come find you and i feel like the guys who adapted to that and adopted that mentality you know just gave themselves an opportunity because we had guys who maybe got like a like a workout or something like that but after i got drafted you could it was almost like all right this is possible you know it's not not impossible like it's 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 possible i can do this so if i just work hard i put my best foot forward i give myself a chance you know like i can do it and then you see guys like Nate Davis and then Alex and then Cam Clark and now it's becoming this thing where it's you know it's it's not uncommon anymore you know you 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 got guys you know i think my in my draft class we had guys coming out the MEAC and stuff like that so that's when i knew it was like if you're good enough you know they come find you even like a guy like Javon you know mm-hmm. went to South Carolina State and there's no knock on HBCUs but it's like it doesn't matter where you are as long as you're willing to put in the work and the effort and and give it your all every day you're going to give yourself an opportunity and a chance to you know be great and then once you get your foot in your door is your is is your chance to you know make the most of it and i think that you know a guy like alex you know what he's done what he's doing um the impact that he's making you know on the team is just awesome because i've i've got to see it all throughout you know his career being that i was uh, i've been to AFC north my entire career so i got mm-hmm. to see him you know a little bit when i was in cleveland and then when i got to Cincy, and you know now that i'm here and it's walking, watching his work ethic and and just what he's developing into um it's exciting you know i think that's why Pittsburgh is such a special place just because they really take the time to develop guys. You know, they they teach them the, the ways. And it's, it's almost like if you're a guy who loves football, then you'll love Pittsburgh because it's like they give you the tools you need to, to like, be great. And you laugh because you ain't been nowhere else. <laughs> so, no, I laugh because people say, you know, they say – if you love football, you love Pittsburgh. If you love anything else, you won't love Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> facts. <laughs> so it's, like, it's, it's that it's that cool balance. Like if you're a football guy, like this is this is your, your your spot, you know. And and I think the fans even give you that kind of energy and atmosphere because, like, I think I was talking to Mitch um after the LA game, and it was just it was really crazy just to to we continue to go to these away teams like these these stadiums and it's like a home game mm-hmm. like you you go to these you go to these games and it's you know you see all the terrible towers you see all the fans and it's like it's really crazy because in other places like fans don't travel like that so it's it's really just cool to to be a part of an organization an atmosphere that really just like lives and breathes football so mm. i think it's super dope one thing i bring up want to bring up with charlotte you were coached by Aaron Curry, mm-hmm. and now he is the inside linebackers coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Explain that relationship because that's pretty special in itself. Um, well, AC man, that's that's really my dog, man. Like he uh, got drafted by Wake Forest, and mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> crazy. Like, man, he came to Charlotte. Uh, you know, I saw AC. AC's a big dude, so I was like. This dude plays linebacker. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is the NFL is a real deal. Um, but we all gravitated to it. Um, me, 
Austin Duke, Brandon Banks, Jamal Covenant, some of my, those are some of my closest friends. We all kind of gravitated, gravitated towards AC just because of, you know, he was where we wanted to be. You know, he had got drafted fourth overall. He signed with Seattle, you know, played with the, Ra uh, with the Raiders. Obviously, what happened happened, but like he had made it and he made it in a big way. And a lot of times I tell people that every, everybody has a vision, right? But, you know, not enough people have a roadmap. Nobody has like the, the ability to kind of navigate through it. And I think that when you're, when you're a pioneer, that's, that's something that, you know, it's, it's hard at times. When you're the first at something, think about it, you in Ohio State, right? Like there was a bunch of guys that got drafted and went to the league, you know, there was a blueprint for that. But for, for me and everybody else who was around me, it was kind of like there was no blueprint. So when AC got there, that was the first time where we really felt like, okay, this is somebody that we can really kind of pick his brain, understand, learn from, see exactly what he's able to teach us, and then kind of go from there. And this his impact, you know, on me in, in, in school was just tremendous just because, you know, he pushed me. He, uh, he expected nothing for the best. Like he didn't take like AC now is funny, but like in college, like he was no no BS. Like like because he he understood the desire that you know I personally had, but then also just like what it took to really get there. Like you had to be that much better, you had to do that much more, you had to stand up that much. You know that the level of excellence and, and just the output had to be at such a high level, and um, that's what he kind of demanded. So you know he was my D line coach and. I was really grateful, you know, to have him. It's funny now because now y'all just look like an old married couple when y'all kick her back and forth. Like you just get you gave him a lot of love, and I'm gonna tell him you gave him this love because the way y'all talk to each other now is completely different. Man, AC. <laughs> <laughs> Man that's that's he put on a work front. Don't, don't believe the hype. That's a work front. All right, well, then let's move into, you know, the NFL. You played for three of the AFC North teams. How was it like playing in Cleveland, Cincinnati, and now Pittsburgh? Are you trying to go to the Baltimore Ravens to, <laughs> you know, round things out? Not if I can help it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like to just stay and just, you know, stick around and, and right off into the sunset. <laughs> um, but um, it was very – been very interesting you know it's been uh it's unique you know like like i said we, we talk about being the first and but like um, um like alex has been on the Steelers for and probably will be for his entire career but mm -hmm. like i've been on almost every afc north team so it's kind of funny so uh starting out in cleveland uh so imagine you know you hype you got drafted you the first <laughs> ever you know it's about to be lit over 16. <laughs> like imagine going to work every week with the fire to drive the energy 0-16 not not for lack of practice not for lack of working hard just you know it was a younger team and it just is what it, it was just that's just how it shook up like there were some close games there's some some nail biters and it's like it's like damn <laughs> but you know you build, you grind, you, you go through the process. Then, you know, we start to pick things up. You know, Baker comes in. We start to win games. You know, we go, I think, like, 
I think it was nine, eight and one or something like that. I think we we tied the first game of the season um, that mm-hmm. second year. And we all were kind of looking around at the end of the game like, that's it? <laughs> and I think everybody on our side was like, yeah, we ain't lose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, it, it's, it's, been a, it's been a cool journey, though, because to, to start 0-16 and then uh, it's always funny how the Steelers have played such an interesting role in my career because obviously we had, you know, obviously all the, the great games. Like I think the Steelers were my, was my first ever – my first like regular season NFL game was against the Steelers. Um, obviously, we had that that scuffle, and then oh, we're we gonna talk about that. Don't don't <laughs> run from it. Don't run from it. We're uh, gonna talk about that. You, you and then uh, and then we go. We play on the last home game of that uh, that playoff run, and then we go during COVID and play out in Pittsburgh, and then we get the dub in Pittsburgh. So it was just a very it was a very interesting time. And then after that, you leave there and you go to Cincinnati and it's like, man, what's going on? Like you thinking you're going to be in Cleveland? Because once again, as a player, like nobody ever wants to leave a team mm-hmm. that they get drafted to. Because especially you don't know no better, you know. And for me, I, I just didn't. I was like, all right, this is home. This is where I've been at for the last four years. Like I want to stake my flag. And then you don't. But then it's like I'm a big believer that, you know, God doesn't make mistakes. So you go to Cincinnati. And uh, it's dope because you're playing, you're balling out. You know the team is winning. Obviously, you had the ups and downs, but you 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 look up and it's like you're in the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, I got hurt. You know the first playoff game, but just that, you know that feeling. You know that being there, that like it may, once you once you taste that, like you have to get there. Like you have to get back there. Like being hurt and having to sit and watch that game was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. Just because like, you just couldn't be out there, you know? Cause you, you want to impact, you want to help, you want to play. Cause this is the greatest stage. And, um, but once you, once you, you get that, it's like, I can't leave without getting there. Rewind back. Let's go to the scuffle. All right. Or like I, I like to call it the Cleveland cranium crash. Uh, <laughs> That's a working um, title. That's got to be it's a, a working title. title. It yeah, is working. Yeah. But I love hearing your side of the story because it, it really does provide a lot of insight. Because if people don't know, me and Larry were ba- basically about to get into it. Yeah. Right, right at the end of the game. Because and like we didn't even realize we were going to be teammates years later. But like it's funny how it happens. Guy has a funny sense of humor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like, so we're playing. It's a Thursday night game. Um, I'm balling. I'm having. A, I got my set. I'm good. You know, we were playing. It's like people don't understand, but like the Steelers were like the big brother of the AFC, especially my first four years in the league. So like, anytime it was, oh, you know, everybody's hype. Everybody's mad in the, the building. You know, the energy is just there. And, uh, you know, so it's a Thursday night game. It's prime time. And for lack of better words, we're going ham. <laughs> so it's, it's a, we're having a good time. And there's seven seconds left on the clock. Like, I done got my sack and I hit the little the, the, the bowling ball celebration. I'm good to go. Like, I'm thinking I'm about to go home and have a great time. And uh, 
that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they run a screen the last play the great uh, last play the game. Um, so I'm I'm running down the field, penalties down the field. So I'm just running. So it's the screen, you know. So I'm thinking the game's over. So all of a sudden, like I hear the crowd like, ah, doing all that kind of stuff. So I turn around. We're probably at like the let's say probably like the 40 or something because uh, we're you guys were backed up anyway. So I turn around and I see like a scuffle and then I see like a helmet like boom. And I'm thinking like this is so funny. So so I'm thinking Mason hit Miles the whole time, like the whole time. So I run down there. I shove Mason. I'm like, man, what the f are you doing? Like, then everybody starts coming around. I'm like, well, I'm the whole time. I'm like, you didn't see what he did. You didn't see what he did. The whole time, you know me. I'm 40 yards down the field. All I see is that. So I'm thinking, like, this dude just hit Miles with a helmet, and because obviously he ain't got no helmet on. So I'm thinking, this dude just used his helmet. So we go. Obviously, I get it. We all get it. Like halfway get ejected. Cam comes up. He's like, man, you want to go? I'm like, what's up? Like, what you want to do? Like, Cam's like, see me after the game. I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I'm, they're taking us off the field. The crowd is going crazy. Like, yeah. I'm thinking, like, I don't really know. What's, I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm just, you know, standing up for your teammate. So <laughs> I go in the locker room. I do the interview. Like, all that. <laughs> this is so funny. I get to the little friends and family area. <laughs> and my dad looks at me. He's like, son, why? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean why? The whole time, I'm like, and that's why it's so funny to me. Like, I look at the video. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. And it's so funny because, like, looking back at it, I'm like, obviously, it could have all, it was just one of those things where, like, you shove anybody else. Like, if it was an old lineman that got pushed, no problem. But, like, it was just a situation, the severity of it, actually getting hit with a helmet. Like, so it was just one of those things. And then, like, you got to shut off your comments for, like, two weeks, like, you got to talk to the, you got to appeal and whatever. Um, but the weird thing about the scheduling was like, <laughs> like I got one, one game suspension, but then the the game that I came back was against the Steelers again. I'm like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> like, you really can't make this up. But lo and behold, though, like all in all, it's just kind of one of them things, you know, like. And I'll just say that, I'll say this, like, after this, this is the type of person you are. Like, um, you know, you you were thinking about signing with the Steelers, and we were talking. And you're like, bro, I just want to clear the air. And I'm like, I could care less about that now, bro. Like, it's behind me. And like, you you were going on an apology tour that you didn't even have to go on. So like, you know, it, it speaks to your character. And like, we were more than happy to have you come to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, man, you just want to. Hey. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, did y'all feel like you needed to have a meeting before? Like, even with Mason, did you feel like you had to talk to him before you signed with the Steelers? It's not like it was Miles at the time. Let, let, let's be real. Like, I know, it was a but push. he was involved. Like, I mean, it's a fair question. No, if he had thrown the helmet, that's a different talk. But, like, <laughs> bro, like, it was straight, right? What about you and Mason? Did you guys talk? 
we're cool now. I mean, I think because <laughs> you gotta think about it. Like it was so the whole situation was just kind of like one of those things where it's like it just kind of just is what it is. Like I'm defending my side, you guys are defending yours. Like we play a very like mm-hmm. like passionate emotional game. Like obviously you don't want nobody getting hit and vice versa, but it's like sometimes tempers just flare. It doesn't make anything right or wrong. It just makes it just makes it real. Like we're all human. Like there's probably been plenty of times where somebody wants to do something, but like I've seen there, I think they were showing like old school clips of people oh, getting God. like, and it's just so hilarious, but it's like, it's just one of those things where like, it's just football, you know, obviously you don't want nobody getting hurt and you don't want things to escalate to, to that capacity. But at the same time, it's like, I always wanted to make sure like my dog was good. And then when I got here, I'm like, yo, like, we're good. You feel me? Like I, I didn't have no beef with you. I just wanted to make sure like the whole time I'm thinking that you hit him. <laughs> if I saw something different, you know, <laughs> it would have been different, but that's what. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Tickets to the game, merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All this can be yours when you bet with Caesars Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet. Up to $1,250. If you win, great. You keep those winnings. But if you lose, you'll get your stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and over only. Offer must be valid, must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users and first $10 wage only. Must register with eligible promo code. Bet amount or qualifying wager return only if wager is settled as a loss. Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to account within seven days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com slash promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with the Kansas Crossing Casino. Call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed to the Horseshoe, Bossier City, and Harris, New Orleans. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050.
or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. We talked about Pittsburgh and Cleveland and two of the defensive player of the year candidates, TJ, Y, and Miles Garrett, you've played with them. What's it like playing with those guys and what's the difference? Um, You see why both of them are the way they are. Like Miles is that like, freakishly like just like looks like a test tube baby and then tj is just very like like methodical he's very analytical he understands the game like when you hear him talk it's like he's seeing things before he's before they're happening it's like he's constantly playing like chess you i don't know if that makes sense but it's almost like he just understands the game like he understands when to take his risk when not to he understands what the offense is doing. Like the dude picks off, you know, like dump passes. Like I think Coach T said he had like seven career interceptions or something like that mm-hmm. for a, a D lineman. That's crazy. That's crazy. But then Miles, you just look at and he just does like these freakishly like like <laughs> jumping over, like blocking, punt, all that kind of stuff. So each, both of them are great in their own right, and I think that's the amazing thing about football regardless of like your size, body stature, whatever it is, like if you're great and and you have the space to be great, the great ones take up that space. All right, Larry, have you learned anything from Cam since you've been playing with him? Don't do that. Man, no, man. Cam don't (laughs) (laughs) Nah, man. I I used to watch. So when I was in Cleveland, I saw Cam. And there's a couple years where I was like, man, Cam would be the reason why he ain't gonna get no Pro Bowl. Like, <laughs> cause he just like stats, consistency. Like, I'm like, man, this guy, like, but it was also like a driving force. Cause obviously Cam was competition for my first, you know, five years. You feel me? Like, that's that was like the standard. That was the the staple. The guy who, like, when you thought about Pittsburgh, like, you thought about Cam, like a guy who's just done it the right way consistently for, you know, 13 years and counting is, like, amazing. Like, Cam had 10 sacks last season. You're 12. <laughs> like, to do it how he's done it, at the level he's done it, in such a consistent way is, like, like I said, it's just amazing because what you do on the interior is is hard work, man. Like, it's not – don't don't ever take it for granted. Like, they talk about it's, like, a hard road to hold, like – that's a hard road. <laughs> you feel me? Like, like it's like bombs going off in the middle of it. <laughs> like, it's real. Like they talk about trench work. Like it's trench warfare in between those tackles, and just to see a guy do it at a high level with always a great attitude. I think that's the thing that separates Cam from a lot of other people. It's just the spirit and the attitude in which he goes about his work. Like a lot of guys, you know, who are up in their years. No offense, would you know be just chilling and, and like this dude is taking scout team reps. This guy is is doing whatever it takes. He's running extra after practice. Like he's being the example. And when you see somebody doing that, 
it's like, well, I can't take it easy either. Like this guy has done it and he's done it the right way for so long. He has every reason to chill, to kick it up, to take a couple of days off. He could do, he could practice on Fridays if he wanted to. I've seen people do it before, but this guy wants to work. He wants to be the example. And you know, he's a difference maker and you just, you just see it. And like, I'm blessed to have a guy like that, you know, to play beside, you know, I'm in year seven, he's in year 13. It's like, he's really just that, that guy that, and he just, he brings that, I don't know how to explain, he just brings that energy, man. And I think that's super important because a lot of times you go through this, this job and, and it's hard, but he never lets it take his joy away. And I think when you're a guy like that, I mean, you have, you have every reason and every opportunity to be special. Which he is, man. That's Cam, man. <laughs> Peter Pan. Bro, hey, bro. <laughs> hey, it's Peter Pan. <laughs> let's move on, though. Let's let's quit talking about this. Yo, I'm making it sound like it's a eulogy or something, but <laughs> like, we we got to keep moving because I don't like Next all this. Time stuff. somebody starts talking about Cam, always gives because <laughs> no, we're not gonna do that it's right now. Auntie. Hey, Cam, you know what? Let, Cam, let's let's. You never like compliments, and yeah. every time somebody starts complimenting Cam, he starts blushing. Like, he relax. was cringing the entire time you were talking. Blushing. He was cringing the entire time. He was all like weird. Thoughts. Yeah, weird. The cheeks are red, dude. Yeah. Oh man, uh, that's just because I'm Peter Pan, bro. Yeah, yeah, whatever. What do you expect? Tinkerbell's not around, so there's no reason to blush. <laughs> hey, bro. Okay, but we're pressed for time. I want, I want to keep it moving. Um, how do we get back on track this week versus the Tennessee Titans? Make big plays, bigger plays. I feel like we made some some big plays. But when you don't win, it's almost like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like it, and and football is one of those sports that doesn't really let you not only soak but celebrate too long because it's just such a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. But um, I think really is just like just making more big plays. Yeah. You know, like obviously, <laughs> um, yesterday was a super close game, but you just got to do it. Like, and that's how I've always looked at it. You know, you could go out and have three sacks and, you know, still lose and, and then be like, damn, like, you know, and that's just always the player I've been, you know, what more could we have done? Mm-hmm. And it's really just attention to detail, you know, being able to see the little things, you know, understanding <clears throat> that it all matters. I tell the guys in the huddle, um, you know, before the game, like it all matters because it does, you know, those little minute details, you know, the things, the little nuggets we get during the week, like all that got to translate to the game. And then at the end of the day, it's just, it's just going out there and making plays. Um, Coach T talks about it all the time about, you know, A players being A. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I think it's guys understanding that anybody can be A. Mm. You just have to go do it, you know, and, I, and being A isn't, you know, that once in a blue moon play is consistency, week in and week out, you know, doing the right things week in and week out, because that's all football is. Football really is a game of mistakes, who makes the least amount of them. But then your ability to capitalize on the mistakes of others is what usually determines the outcomes of games. Quick question before we get out. How's the puppy, Axel? Last year, I got to gift you a puppy for the Christmas exchange. Um, actually, I didn't gift it to you. I just put it out there for the Secret Santa 
and you wound up with the puppy. It really don't play. don't buy that. Don't buy that. I he knew what kind of dog I wanted. Like Malik picked up, and everybody knew I was gonna be the one to get the dog because Malik had a baby on the way, and he grabbed that crate and was you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, he about lost his life. He was like, man, I got a baby. My wife ain't going <laughs> But nah, Axel's great, man. Um, you never know you need something until you get it. And I always laugh when I say that's one of the greatest gifts I've ever, I've ever gotten just because, you know, it's just a gift that keeps on giving. You know, like Axel's probably, he's with my parents right now. They came and um, they got him uh, on a bye week. But uh, Axel's probably about about 110 Ooh. right now. Um, he turned uh, one. About he turned one on the Vegas game, so a couple of weeks ago. But man, he's uh, he's awesome. Um, this is my little road, my road dog in Miami, man. We were walking around, you know, streets of Miami, having a good time. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he's a lot of fun, man. Uh, it definitely gave me you know, that extra. I felt like I I was always you know super disciplined, but like just having him really just kind of really lock things in as far as like routine and you know just. Just added an extra layer because, like, now you got, you know, something depending on you, making sure that you know you handling business, you know, whether it's taking them out or making sure he's straight and all that kind of stuff. So it was good, you know, when you're when you're a young man like me, when it's just you kind of you're not really worried about the outside stuff. But now it's like having Axel, it kind of puts everything. It's almost like a, really like almost like a kid. You feel me? Like, like you got to make sure he eats. You can't sometimes Axel at first though was stressing me out. I was like, man, why did Cam do this to me? <laughs> Peeing everywhere. Like, it was accidents. I'm like, bro, every time he pooped in the house, I would just picture Cam's face laughing. <laughs> like, you know, little, like little head behind you just laughing like, and then pointing at you like that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> we all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. All right, guys, it's our special time with our special friend, sometimes. Uh, it's time for our very special segment, Short Time with a Long Snapper, Mr. Christian. I forget his last name, but Prince. welcome back. Thank you Thank for coming you. on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. This is, uh, this is an honor and a privilege to be on this special segment. Yes, special segment. I'm dressed up. You're dressed up. You're a hostage. I'm Peter Pan. You know, I'm not. I'm actually not dressed up. This is Coach T's shirt. Volunteers, not hostages, and I'm clearly a volunteer. Wait, did you oh, buy that in stores? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I was given this. This is a gift. <laughs> oh, that was is it a gift from Chris Chris Boswell? No, Boz. No, Boz is not wearing this shirt. He's <laughs> Boz is not wearing this shirt ever. Well, Boz won't wear that shirt, but Boz is probably asking for a do-over this past week. Did you get a chance to see his social media? 
I did, yes. What did you think about his take on everything that happened during the game? I mean, honestly, it is like he put the crying the crying face emojis and basically laughing at the call, which from that picture where it showed, you know, it was kind of laughable. And then from what I heard is the opposite side judge called it. So and they called it late after the kick was like through. So like, why wouldn't you just call it pre-snap? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Boz isn't happy, dude. Like, he strikes a 56-yard field goal in the rain in Akersher. Like, not easy to do. And then they they want to go bump us back five yards to 61, which, come on. Like, I so, mean, you, you know. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. Um, I was going to bring up one thing, too. Uh, you guys had a fresh ball on the 56-yard oh kick, right? Yep. And then after that, because it had been raining, you get a waterlogged ball. How does that affect the situation, dude? I didn't even I didn't even talk about it. I didn't even think about that. I'm just pissed off about the call. Um, yeah, we kicked the first ball. We get three game balls a game. We kicked the first one. It's always like it's a fresh ball. It's brand new. It, it flies well. Like whatever. Um, we we kicked it. We made it, and then they threw in. That was the three ball. We had them throw in the three ball. One, two, three. We had them throw in the three ball because it was fresh and it was going to fly better. So we threw in the three ball. We kicked it. We banged the fifty six. And then mm-hmm. instead of grabbing that same three ball that hit the net, drying it off and putting it back down, that's the freshest ball at the time, or giving the two ball, um, they throw in the one ball, which has already been snapped for five, six punts, rolled on the ground. Like, it's definitely waterlogged. Um, yeah, and they kind of just kind of just screwed us um, a little bit, and it is what it is. Like, who who controls but, which ball goes out there? So the there's a obviously Mike, like, handles our footballs on the side and he has the bag and Boz will, will tell him like which ball to roll in for that field goal. But um, as for like which ball the ref puts down, it's between Mike giving him the ball or the ref asking for a ball. Like the ref kind of dictates what ball goes down. And then like, yeah. I, I remember um, what game was it? Baltimore two years ago, 2021, we're kicking the 33 yard field goal and they call a timeout. It was raining and I was, and you were like, what? You looked at me, you're like, what's wrong? And I was like, look at the ball. He's, we're, we're, we call a timeout, and the ref puts the ball down. He's rolling the ball back and forth, like on the wet ground. And then you looked at the ref, and you realized, and you were like, can we pick the ball up? And the ref picked, you said that. It was for us to go. To I would never. I'm, I'm a Disney character. Yeah. I would never Peter say Peter Pan that. said that? That's Peter interesting. Peter Pan would never do that. Hey, Peter Pan freaked out, and I needed it because the ref picked. The ref wasn't listening to me. The ref was like, well, kind of like, screw you, dude. Like, you're a rookie long snapper. Like, we're not picking up the ball. You're snapping it wet. And I, came, I looked at Cam. Cam's like, what's wrong? I'm like, tell him to pick up the ball. Look how wet the ball is. So I had to fight your, your battles. Yeah, I appreciate that. Where were you Sunday, Peter Pan? Yeah. I was on the sideline. What else could I do, guys? You could have <laughs> controlled the ball that went into play. Like, you did that time. How would I have controlled? I couldn't even be on the field, bro. Well, you were on the field. You were on the sideline. I'm sure you were standing right next to the ball guy or the ref, and you could have easily stepped in and said, no, we want that original ball, not this wet ball. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you about how much pool I have. Only thing I can get is I can barely get a drink of water on the sideline these days. What was your point of view from that spot, Cam? Like, did you see the head over? Like, what did you see on that field goal? I I thought it looked good. Like, you know, same alignment I've always seen and, you know, um, you would think Christian Koontz being the long snapper, he would check to make sure everybody's on sides, right? 
So, you know, Christian Kuhn snaps the ball, thinks thinks it's good, and what happens? We get a penalty. So who's the penalty really on? So I'm supposed to check if the guys behind me are onside. Yes, yes. Listen, how is Isaac offsides also when he puts his foot behind my foot? How's that? Th- how's that possible? I understand he's a bigger man than me, but he's a foot behind me. So how is he offsides? So you're telling me we need a, a taller long snapper because you've got a bigger short... head. He needs a bigger head so the helmet extends out a little further. Maybe you should use your helmet. His he needs helmet's something. huge, dude. Yeah. His helmet's huge, huge. Huge. So is that Peter Pan hat he's wearing too right now, Coots? That thing is that thing looks right. like it's about to fall let's, off. Let's keep it moving now, boys. Uh, we've talked about Peter Pan, but we got to talk about Halloween plans. You got any this weekend or this week? This week, um, we're doing a trunk or treat, decorating my truck, um, heading down to Light of Light and doing a little trunk or treat action tomorrow. So, What will you be for Halloween? I was already dressed up as Harry Potter. Um, I have a special costume coming up for tomorrow and, you know, the rest of the weekend festivity plans. But I can't really reveal what I'm going to be. I, I, I can't. I just can't do it right now. It's just, it's a big surprise, and you'll have to just see for yourself. Bro, you don't even look like Harry Potter in this picture, bro. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, yeah, I do. The only thing you have in common is your your skin color. I'm gonna be honest with you; like you look nothing like Harry Potter at all. I have the scar. You look like Harry Potter, not Harry Potter. Uh, (laughs) Aiden, you're agreeing on this. You kind of do look like Harry Potter. I mean, I the beard, the beard, the beard makes you Barry. I will say it's Harry Potter. I will. I agree. That's fine. I don't even know if you would be Gryffindor. You'd be like Slytherin or like Hufflepuff. Dude, don't ever say that I would be Slytherin. You would. You would. You definitely be Slytherin. You are a snake. I'm not responding to that. (laughs) I'm not responding to that. Like you call me a snake. I'm Gryffindor. You're not Gryffindor, bro. Bro, (laughs) what was that? Definitely. You're definitely not Gryffindor. You're the furthest thing from Gryffindor. We might have to start a poll. What What Christian Koontz would be if he was in the Harry Potter world? Slytherin just sounds dirty. Like, I don't know how long in Slytherin. You're from Pittsburgh. You're pretty dirty. <laughs> wow, dude. Wow. <laughs> also, that's coming from a guy who was born in Pittsburgh, if, I, if I'm correct. I know. So, about yeah. You're a Yinzer. You're a Yinzer. No, you are a Yinzer. You, you got the Pittsburghese down, bro. <laughs> it's done. See, there he goes. There he goes. He does have that. He is more Pittsburgher than you. Yes. 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 He was born here. I. I, He he was. He was born there. Then he moved up. You you wake up eating Permani Brothers. Just admit it. I do love Permanis. I'm down here in the strip, dude. You should see this place is jumping here every Saturday and Sunday. Jumping lines through line is. Bro, you have a game. Don't be talking about Saturday and Sundays. <laughs> well, I mean, I drive by. I live right across the street. Oh, oh yeah. Now you drive by. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question. Last question. Right. Most overrated and underrated Halloween candy? Overrated is definitely candy corn. My man. Candy corn is so overrated, man. Like People, people rave about candy corn. I just think it's so average. Um, most underrated are definitely Smarties, like the little sugar, Smartie tablets. Oh man, those, I could, 
I could crush those. Well, you're going to have plenty of Smarties because nobody else is eating those. <laughs> hey, man, Smarties are not bad. We were used Smarties to crush them up. Bad. You could smoke them. Remember, you people would crush yes, them the sides of the I, rem- I remember yeah. crushing them up and smoking yeah. them. Oh, yeah. What the hell were so you two cool. doing crushing them up and smoking them? You've never done that? I've never crushed up candy and smoked it before. Trust no. me. It's worth it. You guys it's are so sick. Cool looking. It's worth it. It's so cool. Yeah, it is. You guys are junkies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Cam did that. I'm actually kind of shocked. That's how he ate Smarties. Wow. Yes. Yes. I've gotten my Smarties confiscated many a times by doing that. Cam, what's your overrated, underrated? (laughs) What's your overrated, underrated candies? Uh, Overrated Twizzlers. I don't like Uh. Twizzlers at all. I feel like... Actually, I'll I'll say this. Not even Twizzlers. Kit Kats. Kit Kats are overrated, bro. Wow. I don't like Kit Kats at all. No, no, that's no way. You were right. Underrated, underrated. Oh, Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces are a go-to. Those are properly rated. Those are underrated. These everyone loves those. Name not everybody. Not everybody. Everybody loves those. Not everybody. Okay, Jolly Ranchers. Jolly watermelon Jolly Ranchers. Okay, how about that? I mean, that's I guess. Is that more specific for you? Well, I mean, but uh, jeez. the Reese's are pretty. Reese's are pretty highly rated. I yeah, Reese's like. are properly rated. Everyone likes them. Not and everybody though. Name People somebody like who doesn't Butterfingers like and crap. I, I can't stand Butterfingers. No Butterfingers. No. I mean, I like Butterfingers, man. It's chocolate. Ew, disgusting, it's chocolate. Hayden. It's chocolate. <laughs> Christian was right. It's candy corn is the most overrated one. Candy corn is disgusting. Well, I wasn't gonna say candy corn. Obviously, candy corn is trash. Like we don't even keep it in the house. That's the that's the first thing. Nobody wants at our house. Let's but, talk about let's talk about your son. I saw Cal after the game. Yeah. He looked did he, at me. Did he run away from you? Stranger no. danger? No. He pointed at me and he looked like he was like kicking his heel back like he was a pissed off dog, like he was about to come after me again. I'm sick of this kid bullying me, dude. He looks at me and points, Stranger danger. And then he <laughs> puts his heel in the ground and kicks up a bunch of dirt like he's a bull. Yeah. He's going to be the Grim right. Reaper. He's coming for you, bro. Oh, my God. Dude. You're away from that kid. Yeah. Just be ready, man. <laughs> very physical seven-year-old. Dude, he's so physical. He plays a physical brand of ball. He is physical. He, he hurts when he punches, uh-huh. dude. It hurts my it arms. It does. It's on purpose. Just it does hurt. It does. All right. Well, that is our segment with our special guest, Mr. Koontz. I uh, want to say thank you for a short, short time with a long snapper. So get out of here. Thank you. See you. See you, dude. See you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>